what up Long Beach? We are whipping it around the horn this week on the only podcast that covers our local schools, their sports teams, and our community at large. As always, this show is part of our partnership with the Long Beach Post. And as always, the show is brought to you by the562.org. I'm JJ Fiddler. I'm Mike Renabasio. And I'm Tyler Hendrickson. The whole crew, our existence, our voices, our general demeanor, sponsored by Naples Rib Company, we, we wouldn't be possible on a cellular level, and the 562.org <laughs> would not exist without the support of Naples Rib Company. I am fueled by barbecue sauce, um, sustained by delicious uh, Louisiana hot sausages, brisket, mac and cheese, cornbread, uh, mashed potatoes, baked beans. And I, am I missing anything, guys? Naples Rib Company, the best barbecue in Long Beach and longtime loyal supporters of local sports coverage right here at the 562.org. Get down to Second Street, pop into Naples Rib Company, enjoy a delicious meal. You'll thank us later, but while you're there, make sure to let them know that the 562.org sent you down there. If you are a Long Beach sports fan, your cup overfloweth right now with information on all of our local sports teams. Obviously, the fall season in full swing and the playoffs coming right around the corner. And we just had a little bit of a meeting on our winter previews, which are sneaking up on us at beginning of November, middle of November. You're going to be able to get to the 562.org and know everything you need to know about boys and girls basketball, boys and girls soccer, and the other winter sports. But before we get there, we've got to crown some champions. We've got to hands out some chips, guys. It is time for fall playoffs. We broke down the football playoff situation on the show last week. And this week, we have got our eyes on local girls volleyball, where the Moore League has got a tough road in these brackets. Mike, I feel like we say that every single year. Um, yes, but I can say this is the first time in the history of the Moore League that there is not a single Moore League girls volleyball team with a home playoff match uh, <laughs> scheduled for the first round here. It's pretty rare. Um, yeah, it's pretty rare in that it's never happened uh, before in history. Um, and, you know, the reason for it, first of all, is Lakewood made the 10-team Division I bracket. Um, this is what we're seeing in football, basketball, and pretty much every sport. The creation of a quasi-open division. It is similar to what they have in water polo. There's a huge Division I-2 pool. And basically everyone that's decent and up is in that division one slash two pool. And at the end of the season, they decided who are the top teams from this big pool that those teams are going into division one. Lakewood is one of those teams. They're ranked number three in CIF. They're ranked number three in the state. Um, and as a result, they get a buy in the first round, which is technically a home match. And then they go straight to the quarterfinals um, where they will be traveling to Vista Murrieta, who also got a buy and a home match in the first round, but won the coin flip uh, to host the uh, quarterfinal match against Lakewood. So they're going next Wednesday. Um, we will have full coverage of that match for sure. Um, and that's the situation we find ourselves in. But, and you, you got to say, I mean, let's, let's not gloss over the fact this is a tremendous accomplishment so far for, for the Lakewood Lancers. I mean, they have had a great season and deserving to be where they are in division one and it's unfortunate to not open the playoffs at home after you've dominated your league, a pretty good league, and, and you have had such a fantastic season. So, you know, shout out to, to Mike Wadley and that entire crew. But it does set them up for a deeper playoff run, right? If you're, if you're looking at what's the best formula to kind of make it and make a run and get to the championship, 
starting on the road does help with that because you're more likely to then host a semifinal. And then now you can kind of quickly move through that bracket. Um, is that, I mean, is that kind of your assessment too, that it hurts to, to start on the road, but if, if the plan is to go deep, that kind of is an advantage, right? Well, and also consider that if you do win that first playoff game, you're basically taking the seeding of the team that you beat. So if you go on the road to beat a higher seed, you're basically making the rest of your playoff road a little bit easier because you are then said higher seed. Well, and one of our teams could be the top seed if they win their first round game. And well, so let me, yeah, let, go ahead, let, Mike. <laughs> yeah, let me, let me finish with Lakewood. Um, they're pretty, first of all, Tyler, they're pretty deep already because they're in the quarterfinals to start. And obviously sure. a division one quarterfinal run, you'd normally be thrilled with. But um, to JJ's point, if they, if they win that match, they would host a, a division one semifinal against modern day, a team they actually hosted for a non-league match earlier this year in a match that went to five sets. Um, and we we're actually just talking before we hopped on, we we're talking about the winter previews about how big some of these non-league contests are to, um, to the teams that we cover. And if you've been around the liquid volleyball program, they're really pleased to have won an undefeated more league championship, but the match they've been talking about literally all year is modern day had to beat us 15, 13 in the fifth set here. Um, modern day is, you know, one of the top teams in the country. Um, one of the top teams, obviously in the state. So that would be huge. If you've ever been in the Lakewood gym for a big time playoff volleyball match, you know that that is a really one of the most fun atmospheres in the city covering sports. Um, the football and baseball teams are fully back on board, you know, getting in there and kind of making things rowdy. So um, hopefully they can get that win next week and, and get to host modern day. That would be a lot of fun. And as JJ was pointing out, yes, Long Beach Poly third place in the Moore league, but they are in division two. Um, the only other uh, league team in the sort of top two divisions. And they are traveling uh, on the road to the number one seed in the first round, which if they can win that match on Thursday this week, uh, would put them in a great position of adopting that seed as, as JJ was talking about. And it's such a bummer too, because if you look at the league as a whole, like Wilson and Milliken had the best seasons they've had in years. They both got marquee win. Well, uh, you know, they both got marquee wins. They both got, got girls coming back from injury who looked great when they got back on the floor. You know what I mean? And then they, and then they just find themselves in these situations in these lower divisions where it's like, oh, man, wish I wasn't in the more league. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it, was, it was a tough draw. You know, I mean, I think especially for Wilson as a, um, as a second place team with 20 wins to have to start out on the road. I, I was kind of surprised. South Torrance, at least not a very far drive, but. One of the few um, not that far drives because Vista Marietta, Lisa Niguel, not exactly around the corner. <laughs> we're burning some gas. This is not a climate friendly uh, playoff schedule here in the first round for the Long Beach teams for sure. But, you know, that Wilson team, um, it just clicked with the new coach. I mean, that was a young team that I, I think a lot of people could say really overperformed, um, but definitely made a statement about, you know, they're going to be they will be around and be contenders um you know for years at this point if they if they keep that young group together so very excited for them and another example of a team where they are in a, a lower division but they've got good talent and they absolutely could make a run in that division I mean I, I think um you know Polly has a really uh, tall task in going to the one seed to start but other than that I think everyone has a really good chance to make a run and if Polly gets that win on Thursday they have a tremendous chance to make a run so this right. could be a, a month or so of seeing how teams do. Um, and Lakewood, um, I don't think head coach Mike Wadley has shared this with his team, but Lakewood is um, Lakewood's also in the state playoffs by virtue of being in that 
um, spot that they're in in Division One. So, you know, they're already sort of guaranteed to be in the next tournament as well. But I think we could have some really deep runs from these teams. You're not just breaking out of playoff matches, though, Mike. You're also working on some features for some of the best players in the city as well, right? Yes, and I know that was uh, – we're all talking about a story we've worked on recently. Um, that's what I'm doing this week, basically. I'm just doing volleyball features. So uh, I was at Lakewood yesterday. This story will be up, uh, you know, in a couple of days or early next week because they don't play until Wednesday the 27th, which is eight days from when we're recording this. It's 11 days after the playoff brackets come out, which is very weird. Um, but my story is about the three Hall sisters who all play at Lakewood. Uh, that's a unique thing in a sport where there's six players on the court. Um, there are there are moments because they play libero slash DS setter and middle blocker. There are plays that can happen where the ball is passed, set and killed all by members of the same family um, who are just super big personalities, super funny. Um, we're making fun of each other the entire time I was interviewing them yesterday and uh, who the coaches say just obviously brings a great, great energy and emotional connection to that team. So that, that was a really fun one. I, I had so much fun talking to them. You guys will see in the photos. I mean, I, I just literally stopped trying to get a photo where all three of them were making a normal face and looking at the camera because it just wasn't going to happen. So the setter Fatima Hall is looking at one of her sisters like, look at how crazy she is. That's the picture we're going to use just because that's perfect <laughs> for what their personalities are. Hall in the family, right? It's the we had Kids the Hall brothers. Hall. Now we've got the Hall sisters. It's great. Kids in the Hall. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I don't have this experience because my siblings were so much younger than I was. But would you guys have survived playing a high school sport with your siblings? Is that is that like a thing, or even any family member? To be honest with you, like Big no, <laughs> even a even a cousin. Like I don't know if I could not talk about it. I think it would, yeah. like, it would like take over my entire life. Love my little brother. Uh, one of my favorite couple people on the whole planet. But um, we could barely get through a game of like risk or checkers or something without getting into a fight at, hey, you know, at our house. Risk, like, is, risk is no <laughs> joke, dude. The Ukraine is weak. Yeah, not, not only not only that, Mike, but I mean, you're talking, uh, you need a variance in skill set. You know what I mean? You guys are clogging the lane, like the spacing is terrible. You should not be playing at the same time. You know what it's I mean? a couple of big Italian boys, bump, you know, bumping up against each other, getting pissed off is what that is for sure. Right. You know, there's only there's only so much room you can take up down there. You know what I mean? You don't need two enforcers in the game at the same time. So I, I think that there's you, you have to, you know, work together and kind of play off of each other. But yeah. I think the longer you do it as kids and the closer you are in age, that probably helps. But uh, we, we, I love those, those stories of the family members playing with each other on the same team, whether it's, you know, sisters, whether it's cousins, like we've seen with St. Anthony football and the OPUs. I mean, it's just a, uh, it's really neat. And obviously the families love it too. So we've got some other stories on the site. Like we say at the top of this show, it's not just about sports. It's about the schools and the experience of these student athletes and just the students at the schools and what it means to be a part of this Long Beach community, this Long Beach family. Tyler, you wrote a great story about a bunch of kids who are trying to get people's attention and change the way the Long Beach Unified School District powers the Long Beach Unified School District. Yeah, the, the Long Beach Green Schools campaign. I mean, we've um, we've been kind of covering their their efforts over the past few months. It kind of started during the pandemic and has continued on and and only kind of picked up momentum uh, regularly. Those those kids are speaking at school board meetings, uh, even amidst um, some pretty uh, <laughs> intense conversations happening at those meetings. But uh, yeah, they held a, a youth climate rally at King Park uh, last month and you know got got kids together and it's just cool to see 
activism at a local level and stuff that they're not even going to directly benefit from it as students. You know, by the time that these changes might come into effect, they're looking at trying to have um, 100% clean renewable energy by 2030 in schools, um, at least as far as electricity goes, and then by 2040 to have all cooking, uh, HVAC, transportation, all that stuff be renewable energy. And so it's it's a lofty goal, but it's it's one that other school districts have adopted, including the LAUSD, which is larger. And so um, it's it's certainly a reason, reasonable measure that they're pursuing, and they've gotten uh, great support from from local leaders, you know, council members, uh, school board members, um, other local politicians that share that vision. And so it's 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 great to see um, you know young students from the the middle school level up to the high school level. Uh, trying to make a change in the community and 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 reshaping the future. So we love to see that kind of that activism and and community involvement, right? You know, it's easy to kind of distance yourself, especially with the internet. You can just kind of fall into the trap of you know social media, video games, like all that stuff that can detach you from the world around you. But um, these kids, especially, have done a great job, um, you know, linking together, finding a cause that they believe in, and uh, you know, trying to make their voices heard, and it's working. Yeah, I, I wanted to throw a note out there just off a conversation I had with my wife last night. Um, longtime LBUSD teacher, um, you know, was at Jordan for seven years, is now teaching at Poly. There was a planned um, walkout slash stay home yesterday for people who are protesting the vaccine mandates. Um, and she and I were talking yesterday. And we said one thing that we agree on that's kind of funny is um, she and I are both completely fine with vaccine mandates, just as we're completely fine with, you know, vaccine mandates for polio and everything else that we and our children um, have had to be vaccinated for. So um, I don't agree at all with people who are protesting the vaccine mandates. But when it comes to kids, I'm genuinely just always happy to see them take any kind of action for any cause that they believe in. And so, um, you know, we have a friend, a mutual friend of all of ours who teaches at Lakewood, who said that they did have a couple dozen students walk out at Lakewood. Um, and I was thinking, you know, I, I, disagree, I disagree with them. I disagree with them on, you know, the science, on the views of everything else. But genuinely, it's like, good. I mean, I really do. It's like kids should learn how to advocate for the things they believe in and stand up for the things they believe in. Um, like I said, even if I disagree with those things. So I, I, I do happen to agree with the politics, obviously, of the green schools uh, campaign kids, but I, I generally think it's a cool thing about this generation that they're so much more comfortable advocating for their beliefs than I feel like, you know, teenagers were when we were in high school. I feel you kind of got made fun of if you cared too much about, you know, social issues or whatever when you were a kid, uh, you know, back in the 90s. Yeah, Tyler, what were some of the interviews like? What were these kids like in the interviews? Were they ready to talk? Were they nervous? Uh, surprisingly, no. And that's kind of the the thing that I've uh, taken from this experience is just the maturity of the of the students, you know, because when you talk to them, you don't, you don't really know, right? Because you try to remember how you were in high school or how other kids were in high school when you were there, knowing that you felt socially awkward and were socially awkward. Uh, let's be honest. But no, the, the kids are remarkably uh, confident, well-spoken and uh, informed on the topic. You know, they're very comfortable talking about it. It's not just something where they roll out of bed and like, oh, their friend is interested in this, so they're going to also do it. No, you can tell that it's a passion, and um, it, you sort of forget that you're talking to a kid that is in high school or maybe even middle school, depending on who you're interviewing. You know, you just, you're talking to a fellow human being, you know, and I think when you hear these kids articulate their beliefs and their real world experiences, it, it's it's compelling, and you can't you can't help but 
um, but take their opinion, um, not just as the opinion of, of a minor, it's, it's an opinion of a human being that deserves to be, to be heard and respected. And so, you know, credit to them for, for being so on, on top of it and knowing their stuff. What was the adult's involvement in that? Is it like adults kind of moving kids into a situation where they get a chance to do something like this? Like, like Mike said, like letting people know how they feel and what they believe in, or was it the kids kind of driving the bus? No, the kid, the kids are really driving it. I mean, they have a, you know, a club on campus that obviously has a, you know, a teacher that has to kind of oversee the club. I forget the exact phrase of what the, um, the teacher's involvement is, but generally speaking, I mean, all the, the stuff that's been planned, it's all student run and organized and they've got like a leadership team. It doesn't fall on, on one person. Uh, Diana Michelson the, is the founder. She was a poly student um, that started the poly green schools campaign. That's now kind of evolved into the long beach green schools campaign, but you know, there's a leadership team that has different responsibilities and it's, it's run, you know, it's a well run and organized group. And so um, they're, they're really out there doing it. And, you wouldn't know that it wasn't a, you know, professional <laughs> group that's trying to do this. And, uh, you know, there's, there's certainly resources within that community. There's, you know, national level campaigns, uh, Sierra club, green schools campaigns, like a national thing. So there are resources that can, that can aid them along the way and give them kind of toolkits, but no, it's, it's definitely students on the ground and, and they're, they're doing the work and taking the time. That is so cool. You can see that story right now at the 562.org, as well as another story about students doing exactly what Tyler's talking about, uh, taking matters into their own hands and doing the things that they want to do. The story that I wanted to talk about is about the Millican student section at the football games. Tyler and I were at the Millican Lakewood football game at DeHaven Stadium a couple weeks ago for about five minutes before we turned to each other and we're like, you know what we need to do? We need to write a story about this student section. Because uh, in the years that we've worked here, I would say, actually, Mike mentioned it earlier, uh, the student section at the Lakewood Poly girls volleyball matches is some of the best student sections we've seen. Obviously, you've had a great size in student sections at Vets for Poly games and stuff like that. Uh, I also think of Splash Zone, the boys basketball student section at Millican. They were well organized. Uh, A bunch of baseball players put that thing together. They all had T-shirts and stuff. That was really cool. Um, but but to, make, to make a long story short, very short, actually, uh, helping organize a legit student section for Long Beach State men's basketball teams with me, Mike, and the rest of our friends at the Union Weekly in college uh, really saved me from a dark personal time in my life. And so when I see students coming together and doing a thing like a student section, it really tugs at my heartstrings, man. So when I saw that at Millican, obviously, you know, COVID, shootings, things that are happening beyond the control of high school students. When those things happen, they do look for connection. They do look for safety. They look for involvement, inclusion, fun, all, all the things you want for yourself if you were a high school student or somebody you know going to high school, because it's never easy. It's not easy being a teenager. It's not easy being in high school. So there are these things that you reach out for. And these Millican kids are not only reaching out for it, but they are thriving in it. That Millican student section at these football games, it just looks like the most fun, right? They've got the music, they got the band, the cheerleaders, everybody's working together, which I thought is really cool. So the article that I put together is basically, how did this happen, right? So the new activities director, the ASB um, activities director, Grant Robinson, got a bunch of kids together who wanted to volunteer to be like a mic person. Like they give them the microphone, they lead the cheers, like whose house, Ram's house, stuff like that. And these kids are incredible 
guys. Like the quotes that I got from some of these kids, like are just absolutely amazing. Um, Sidney Trump, who's actually a soccer player at Milliken, said, quote, everything around you disappears in that moment. And I, I couldn't possibly say it any better because that's exactly what that feels like. Exactly mm-hmm. what that feels like. And I also, thought it, I also thought it was really cool um, that they don't just do the same type of music that you would hear at any NFL, MLB, NBA stadium or arena. They have a large mix of every song you could possibly think of because uh, sophomore Natalie Heilig, who is one of the coolest interviews I've ever done, make sure you read some of her quotes as well in the article. Um, you know, she, they did one game and then her friends were like, hey, you should play this song. Hey, you should play this song. She's like, you know what? You're right. Associated Students Body, kind of like a thing about bringing the student body together. So she created a list of songs based on what her friends wanted to hear. Then of course you have to decide what can you play. Obviously, you don't mm-hmm. want to play stuff with bad words in it because the parents are literally sitting there right next to you. So they, they put together this list and um, they wanted to make it inclusive. They wanted to make sure that they had something for everybody. Uh, so Tyler and I were sitting there laughing at the, um, the different songs that would come in order. At one point during the Lakewood game, the student section played a Taylor Swift song, followed by the Village People's YMCA, followed by Soldier Boy's Rick and Morty, up next was Drake, only to be outdone by Come On Eileen. So in order, those songs all played. And at every song, these, like kids, you do. these kids reacted like it was, the, it was the song they had been waiting all night to hear. So right. like the roar from the student section throughout the game, because the game was great, they like cheering for a winning team, and they've got one, so that's cool too. But then they're also just hanging out like it's a dance. Like a, high, like a high school dance where there's no pressure and you're just standing there having a good time, feeling like you are a member of a community because that's the power of amateur sports. And it's right there in their face and they're taking advantage of it. I'm so happy for them because it's tough and they're having a good time. And I just think it's super impressive. So if you guys haven't seen the videos that we've done on the Millican football games, we have made a, a point to show that Millican student section and the feature on them is available right now at the website. Yeah, and it's it's these experiences that kids were were robbed of during quarantine. You know what I mean? And so that they can be together in groups, and it, what a fun way to spend your Friday night, you know, after school, hanging out with your friends, listening to music. You might hear songs that you'd never heard or wouldn't hear otherwise, and now you're getting a more you know a more broad uh, music taste. And and it is something for everyone, JJ, because we're thinking like it's not often that the kids are getting hyped and then also the chain crew is like, Oh, I haven't heard this song in you know, <laughs> 10 years. You know, I love this song. They're shazamming uh, the Drake song, you know, or, or, you know, or it's just like, Oh, we hey, used to this when I was in high school. You know what I mean? So it, it's, it's a really special environment. Um, JJ, what's I, I, it's since it's kind of a new thing. I mean, what's the, I'm interested. What's the leadership like? How are they kind of maintaining this? Are they taking signups? How, how does all that kind of work? Are there dues? Like, what's the structure of the student section? Because I'd love to see it stick around beyond just this year. I, I would too. It's, it's basically ASB activities driven. Uh, Mr. Robinson ba- took the kids who he thought would be good on the microphone and kind of whittled it down. They call themselves the ASB uh, hype crew because they are the ones that are like, hey, everybody on your feet or like, you know, whatever, whatever it is from both from the rallies that they do on campus uh, to, to the actual games as well. Um, so yeah, so it is ASB all the way. Uh, and that's where you're going to find the kids who are going to be confident enough in themselves and, you know, all that other things to take a microphone in front of, let's be honest, thousands of people sometimes, uh, which is, uh, which is tough. 
Um, and, and yeah, so it's, it's them that, that kind of took it to the next level. Uh, like I said, splash zone. Millican has had student sections before, but I think specifically picking these kids um, like um, Sidney Trump, um, like High League, like th those kids are the ones who are making it a little bit extra. And I think the little bit extra is what you and I noticed at, at the yeah. football game, a spe a specifically the one against Lakewood. I have something I want to say. Please do. A lot of the student sections, and we've seen their social media channels that exist specifically to cover student sections now. A lot of these student sections are a class where they are basically like, um, you know, instead of taking marching band, you take school spirit and they learn these chants and they learn their dances and they learn their whatever from a teacher in a class. And so whenever people will sort of make a joke to us about, you know, we don't really see the crazy stuff in Long Beach that we see in Orange County. That's always my response is most of the student sections you see going viral. They're actually that's in their class schedule. In Long Beach, it's just up to an activities director like Grant Robinson. Uh, and listen, to each their own. I personally, as a high school student, could not, and I had a lot of school spirit. I would not have been seen within a mile of that class. No, thank you. <laughs> Even if it's I an think, easy A? Yes. Not interested in hearing a, a teacher, you know, <laughs> show me the choreography for it. Anyway. I think when you see what Grant Robinson or uh, Aaron Fajar at Wilson or um, Vincent Puth at Poly, Warren Booth at Lakewood, um, Lamar Biffle at Jordan, um, I'm forgetting the name of the activities director at Cabrillo, my apologies, um, but you know we're, we're friends with some of the ASB kids we love over there uh, as well. These people are convincing these kids to volunteer extra time after school or during class, uh, you know, the ASB period, not to assemble the whole student section, but just to have school spirit. And it's a completely extracurricular thing when you see stuff sort of quote unquote spontaneously pop up like this Millican thing. And I think people like Grant Robinson and these ASB kids that JJ was just talking about, I think they deserve like triple credit um, from the community and from writers like us because it's just so much more impressive when they're able to make something organically happen that way. Um, and I, I, just wanted, I just wanted to throw that out there because a lot of times you see high school sports writers really kind of fawning over, oh, look, they're doing this super organized thing with a thousand kids or whatever. And it's like a hundred of those kids might be in a class where that's what they're you know, doing. And it's, it's just a little bit different to me um, when it's, it's actually more organic and based on actual school spirit. I completely agree with you, Mike. And I also want to reiterate that this is a, a great opportunity. You know, we've gotten the chance to work with some high school students recently with our new internship program, uh, which has been super fun and rewarding for us so far. And we hope it's the same uh, for the students that have been working with us. But uh, if you're looking at life skills, you know, this is a great thing to have on a resume. And it's a great experience organizing and curating. I mean, Honestly, a lot of the economy right now is curation of vibes. You know what I mean? And if you're curating a vibe and having a fun time and getting people, especially in a, you know, a demographic that moves the needle, like young people, if you're getting them interested, excited and having fun, and you're able to kind of 
coordinate all of that, man, that's a valuable skill. <laughs> I just got to say. And if you're also coupling that with social media and promoting it, and I know Ram High ASB on Instagram does a great job um, of putting putting their stuff up, you know, and sharing our content that highlights their students. So um, these are all great things to get experience while you're in high school. It's fun. And it's also something that you can build with for your future career, um, not just in sports, but anything. But uh, you look at the colleges. I mean, <laughs> the, the colleges we cover would love to have the energy and enthusiasm that the Millican student section has. You know what I mean? And it's hard. It's hard to make that happen because of all the distractions and other things that kids could be doing. But yeah, getting them at, I mean, selfishly, we want them at games, right? Because we're at games and we want the crowd. We want the energy. It makes all of our makes content better. better. Yeah, absolutely. So credit to the kids. And if you're at a different school that doesn't have a student section like Milligan's, look in the mirror. It could be you. It could be you and a couple friends. Absolutely. Tyler, the reason why I asked you about the interviews uh, about your story was because the interviews of, that I did for this story were so impressive. Some of the more impressive kids I've ever talked to, like Natalie Heilig, the girl I just mentioned. And I just wanted to leave us and leave the podcast on this note. This is a high school sophomore saying this. Before I read it, just think about how your brain was working when you were a high school sophomore. Ready? Quote, the beautiful thing about football games, especially high school football games, is that no matter who you are, you can come together for a common goal. It's not really about the wins and losses. It's more about coming together, enjoying each other's company and working for something bigger than ourselves. Being able to lead chance, to be in front of the student section and see them happy and engaged is really special and really important, especially after COVID. End freaking quote. Kids are all right, man. Kids, <laughs> kids are all right. If you want to check out that story and everything else that we've got on the 562.org right now and just stay up to date, make sure you're following us on those social media channels, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Get yourself signed up for that newsletter. It's at the bottom of the page. Share the stories too. If you like something, please share it. Spread the word. We're just trying to tell the best stories about the best people in arguably the best city in the history of the world. We love you, Long Beach. Thanks to everybody who helps get this show out at The Post and the 562.org. And we will see you in the stands. Take care.